Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with Luke O'Neill, Esquire writer at large, frontman for No Hope, No Harm, and general black-hearted holiday denier. Today we're talking about his recent Esquire piece, The 20 Shittiest Christmas Songs Ever Recorded. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, rate and review us on iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook for more info. Now let's talk shitty Christmas songs. back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Uh, I'm here with Luke O'Neill, uh, writer, Esquire writer, and author of the 20 shittiest Christmas songs ever recorded. That's Gr- right. Great list. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Luke, why do you hate Christmas? I'm a cold-hearted uh, motherfucker, motherfucker with, with, with a black soul and, and basically... A, no, I, I am a Grinch, uh, I'm, I'm, but I'm an all-purpose holiday Grinch, you know, not just Christmas. I... Arbor Day. Yeah, I, I don't like Arbor Day. I, I really don't like Halloween. I don't like Fourth of July, New Year's Eve. Just a miserable prick, I guess. Which you know, befitting a sort of uh, a Boston uh, mass hole type of guy. I noticed you left the Hanukkah song off this list. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Thank you, and I guess uh, I, yeah, that one is actually okay. Ah, uh, that makes one of us. <laughs> um, so, uh, are there any Christmas songs you like? Yeah, my. I mean, I think I like some of the ones that. That everyone like. I mean, all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey's version. I think is 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 impossible not to be happy when that one comes on, and I think my favorite one is actually kind of uh, controversial. Um, it's the um, uh, what the what the hell's the name of it? The U two version. Uh, uh, the snow's falling down. And watching. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell's the name of that? Oh, baby, please come home. Yeah, so that right there is like one of the most meaningful ones for me, but it goes against the sort of rules that I have, have for putting together this list of worst Christmas songs, but I don't know, I think they really just saw that one. So. Rules are made to be broken. Exactly. Why, why do you like that? So it's. I don't know. I mean, I like U2. I'm not like the hugest U2 fan, but I just really think it's like a really uh, passionate vocal from Bono. And Good. I don't know, you don't really hear people saying that too often these days but it's just a great performance yeah no i saw the the week actually did a, a pretty significant breakdown of fairy tale of new york this yeah week. i, yeah. Know if you saw I that. didn't read that but no that's a great one it is sort of a, a classic and and i mean i think and uh, you know it actually uh ironically your new band no hope no harm uh just did a christmas yeah we song. did it was kind of bad timing for me to put out this list of terrible christmas songs that but I don't know. We, I we just started this new band with some friends, and and we had the song, and it just sounded kind of sounded like Christmas, and we went into it with the idea of sort of trying to do a, a Bostony version of of Fairy Tale of New York, but then I wrote like you know, fifteen verses, and it started getting too long, so we're like, all right, we'll just, we'll just kind of chop it down to the essentials. But the the idea, uh, the reason, at least the justification I gave myself for writing a Christmas song here was that um, the, the way to do it is to just sort of like give a little taste of Christmas in, in a song instead of it being like hitting you over the head with it, which is, you know, a little subtlety is sort of a lost art, I suppose. So 
my my buddy in the band was like, you can only say Christmas once if we're gonna do this, you know, in the lyrics. So it's like, all right, that's that's fair. Christmas adjacent song. Yeah, well, it's it's you know long history of of half decent Christmas songs. It's weird. Like I I find myself really only finding Christmas music a lot of the time on Christmas Day because I'm stuck in a car. Right. And there, you know, there's no escaping it at that point. So you know the 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 lineup is generally speaking, uh, you know, you're, you're hoping for one or two of the songs that you'd want to hear. Obviously, uh, 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders. Uh-huh. The Waitress's yeah, Christmas yeah. song is actually not that bad. Um, and then, I think that, actually, I don't mind the Tom Petty one either, but... Um, oh, I, I can't remember the Tom Petty one. Uh, I try to block, I try to block most of it out, I guess. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, I like the, you know, I like, like, the old... Timey classics, you know, Bing Crosby. The Irving Berlin yeah, yeah. songbook. Right. That, that type of stuff is fine, but that's sort of something that I talk about in the, in this Esquire piece about bad Christmas songs is that uh, I guess a sort of uh, a song has to have been around long enough to feel part of, feel traditional to be okay as a Christmas song. Like a new Christmas song kind of flies in the face of what Christmas is, which is about memories and, and you know, uh, years gone by and, and remembering you know better times and things like that so if a song is like too new and too modern sounding it sort of is, is a contradiction I think to the spirit of Christmas songs your sentimentality is sort of creeping in on <laughs> yeah, your claim right. to be a dark soul <laughs> well, um, but I you know I think um, the yeah I think the the sort of um, the the crux of the weak piece about uh, the Pogues song was that it was the only good Christmas song has been written in the last 30 years. Right. So I guess that sort of takes your um, uh, classics stance and, and um, you know, does goes with it. But uh, so the shittiest, according to you, the number one shittiest Christmas song of all time, Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. It's so bad. It's just so, so bad. And I think, like, you know, there's obviously been more than a few lists like this that you can find online and, th- and that one tends to be up towards the top of most of the worst lists it's <clears throat> I don't know it, it must be something about it being Paul McCartney who's obviously a great songwriter although I you know I, I haven't necessarily kept up with him his stuff in the past yeah I'm, I'm, I think years, he kind of he drove off the turnpike <laughs> right, with right. pipes of peace <laughs> but um this was this is just the, the absolute low point I, I think for and it might be because we know he's he's capable of writing such great songs that this one just seems like it such hurts. a yeah it's such a such a half ass seeming effort it seems like he just he got like a, a a kid's keyboard for christmas and wrote the song like in 5 minutes well it literally sounds like i mean it it, it literally defines elevator music yeah, it's the song right. that makes you want it's a, i always describe these uh we have a, a segment on the brother 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 podcast called the pantheon of hate and it's uh obvious from its title yeah. but it's uh, we always describe it as as a, a song or an artist that would make you drive off the road right. reaching for the radio right. to turn it off right yeah that's that's one of them well you i love the line you used though you said it's the beatles of shitty christmas songs <laughs> yeah, yeah what's the stones of shitty christmas songs? oh my god I, I, there's i don't i didn't put any stones ones on here but i think the the there's probably the the springsteen i was gonna go springsteen as yeah. well i fucking hate that song i don't know why i mean i'm not a springsteen guy really Me so neither. i don't really get the appeal of that sort of you know dad rock uh, sort of bar band stuff, but 
there's a, I th- I've always you know held to the belief that if you extracted the saxophone and keyboards from a Bruce Springsteen record, it might be good. Yeah, but yeah. there's just that it doesn't happen. No, Nobody edited just, it. It's they yeah they could be like tight little, you know, almost replacements like or something. But the the, the any saxophone just kind of yanks me out of the. Out of the mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's it's like listening to Baker Street on mono <laughs> right, or something. Right. Um, so I, I the other interesting one, uh, or one of the other interesting ones, I thought was uh, Lady Gaga's uh, turn at trying to uh, enter the Christmas sweepstakes. Oh my and God. It's one of the most confusing and uh, sexually disorienting songs. It really is. I don't. I don't know. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Everyone f- feels the need to write a Christmas song now, and for good reason because there's a lot of money in it. But it's just it's it's like this type of thing that sounds like it would be so easy to do, but you can really screw it up very easily with just like making one misstep. And and she made about you know twenty different missteps on this one. Well, it sounds like you know it's like listening to a girl talk song or something. It's <laughs> right. like forty two different songs in one. Yeah, and then doesn't and there isn't there a vagina Christmas tree metaphor? In there that is. One? Yeah. I can't believe she uh you know she avoided the mistletoe <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right. uh reference in there. <laughs> but yeah, I wish she had bought a Casio kids keyboard because it would have <laughs> right. been, been would have been much better. I, yeah, you can, you really that's one of the problems people do with Christmas songs is they they really go overproduced, indulgent. They feel like they have to fly in all these different, this different instrumentation, and it's just, it just ends up being a mess. I think you and I have a different take on Do They Know It's Christmas, too. Uh, I actually don't hate the song, but I also kind of love it in the just because it's so stupid. Um, you know, I don't... Just, I mean, between the two lines, there won't be snow in Africa this right, Christmas right. time. As if, you know, right. there's no snow in fucking Los Angeles right, at Christmas time right. either, so... Um, and uh, the fact that I'm pretty sure they know it's Christmas. Yeah, they... they Seems kind of condescending. There's quite a few uh, Christians in Africa due to a little something called uh, colonialism. I'm pretty sure we've made sure that they they believed in Jesus Christ there. But I, I, I agree, I actually do like... It's a good tune, and, you know, um, but, but just the, like you said, the, the sort of condescension and the, the obliviousness to, you know to uh, other people's, you know, experience in the world. It kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to write it now and it's too, you know, it would be, be called problematic instantly if that came out right now. And yet, well, I, 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 I... Although maybe you could, now that maybe, now that this Trump world, we're going to have more, more of that. I don't know, I, I've always flirted, I'm always flirting, forever flirting with the idea of, of, uh, Demanding an apology or demanding a rewrite of Brown Sugar at some point. <laughs> yeah, right. Was it? Wasn't there? Oh, there, there was. There's some some band. There's some controversy in in like music world this this 
week, this month, to some band from Texas called Black Pussy. And they're getting kicked off all of their shows because everyone is, you know, mad about the name. And they're like, no, what? It's just a reference to, you know, the Rolling Stones song. And everyone's like, yeah, that's why it's bad. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, and, and congratulations to Mick Jagger for having a child. Yeah, it was like it's eight or something like that. Something, yeah. And I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, he has a great-grandchild right now who would call and I can't, the math math yeah, escapes me but I think that this kid is that kid's great uncle that's crazy I think I can't you know I have enough hard enough time with my own fucking brothers <laughs> right. so um, and uh, so I was just gonna you know sort of wrap it up by uh, um, you know asking you uh, we, we always wrap every podcast by asking the question, what are you listening to, which is a catch-all for what are you listening to, what are you watching, um, whatever, what are you reading, so what are you listening to these days? Uh, well, I was just I just put to, put out my list of, uh, of the best music of the year um, this week, and I, I pretty much, I'm sure I did listen to other stuff, but as, <clears throat> uh, even more so than ever, I was, was just basically listening to punk and emo this year, and it was a great year for it, and as a matter of fact, I... Um, my I do a monthly party at the Sinclair called Emo Night, and we just won uh, Boston Music Award last night for like the best music party. So that was pretty fun. Congratulations! So I'm super, su- yeah. I was hoping it would come with a cash prize, but I guess it's just a trophy. It's, it's a Boston wasted, Music Award. Yeah, wasted time. Um, so I I basically just listened to punk and emo um, all this year. My, my favorite record was by a band called Pity Sex. Um, I was really into this band Moose Blood. Uh, Pop was great. A couple of Massachusetts bands I really like, the Hotelier and Somos, they're kind of yep. punk emo. And they, the Hotelier performed last night at the Boston Music Awards. They were great. Great album cover if you haven't seen it. Yeah, too. no, they're really good. Uh, Modern Baseball was a great record. Uh, Balance and Composure, Basement. It's just like, it's a super fertile uh, ground for, for punk and emo this year. Um, as for uh, as for reading, I don't read anymore because I'm too stupid now. The internet has ruined Blown my brain. Yeah. Uh, uh, TV wise, uh, I guess the best show of the year was was probably Atlanta. I watched Westworld, but I didn't really care about it. That much. I don't think anybody did. No. It seems like uh, it sparked a lot of discussion and not a lot of passion. No, not a lot of passion. I watched it every week, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But not like, you know, it was trying to be like Lost. Like, I remember Lost, I was like the edge of my seat for almost the entire thing. But now it's just like, eh. I didn't hate watch it. No, I didn't hate watch it either. I, I think just... it, it sort of circles back to your uh, best of, of 2016 albums. It, it's the pity sex of, uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> of TV shows. But yeah, so, um, well, that's great. Uh, any uh, any uh, suggestions for, for Christmas songs this holiday season? I think it, I really just think you just want to go for the classics and you know whatever your your parents were listening to or your grandparents were listening to they 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 sort of figured out the Christmas formula back then and we don't really need you know despite the fact that I'm a hypocrite for saying this we don't really need any new Christmas songs we don't really need any new songs at all to be honest we kind of get enough songs I think 
uh, across the board, but just I'd say just stick to the classics. Well, that's that's uh, you know sound advice coming from a guy who just started a new band. <laughs> <Yeah>. No hope, <laughs> no harm. So I think it's called no hope. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much uh, for joining us today, Luke. Um, enjoy Christmas. Hey, thanks a lot. This is fun. All right, great. Thanks. That's it for today's episode of the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and drop us a line at brotherpod.com. Thanks very much to Damien Kendall for producing, and from Wyndham, Jeremy, and Christian, see you next time.